most wonderful show is Keeping Up With The Joneses. Welcome to episode 191 of Keeping Up With The Joneses, where this week we are talking about the joy of navigating transitions. Is it worth noting that you have a headache for this episode? It might be. And we all have to speak quieter because you have a headache? Yeah, well, at least a little bit quieter. So I shouldn't be super excited. Not if you want to sleep well tonight, not worrying about being stabbed by a fork. Oh. Oh. Got real dangerous real quick. <laughs> How are you, Mrs. Jones, apart from the headache? I'm good apart from the headache. I think it's just the, uh, is this a low pressure system or high pressure system that brings rain? Low, right? I find it interesting you think I'd know the answer to that question. <laughs> okay, well, whatever. The pressure system that brought rain brought me a headache, I think. It's easily, not that I want to be quintessentially boring and talk about the weather, but the weather this week? Just so annoying. Warm and then cold and raining and then warm. It doesn't know what it is. It's like I'm back in Scotland except for the warm parts. Right. <laughs> I mean, it, yesterday it was 82 degrees and sunny. It was beautiful. Now we're back in the 50s and raining. I'm so confused. Terrifying. Tell me about this week. It was a great week. Uh, Monday and Tuesday, we had two very wonderful teachers on the school. Obviously, you teaching on the importance of church and uh, Jeff teaching on, I don't know what Jeff taught on because I wasn't in there. <laughs> <laughs> Abundant living, I think. Jeff wanders around and just emanates wisdom, I think. Yeah, they ask a lot of questions and stuff and draw stuff out of him, which is very fun. Becky comes in and, you know, lays Obliterates everybody out on the, the floor. Place, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Monday and Tuesday. Monday, I couldn't remember what I spoke on. I think I spoke on God's willingness to answer prayer. Oh, you mean Monday night? Yeah, Monday night. I was at a middle school meeting for parents, so I wasn't there. Yeah, no, you weren't there to support me and cheer me on. You that weren't was... there to support me at a middle school meeting and cheer me on. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Wednesday was Abigail's 11th birthday, and she was so excited because she got her own iPhone. She is just a little bit excited about that phone. And I spent, well, I spent all the weeks before doing research on how to lock down an iPhone for a teenager. And so it is locked, mm -hmm. baby. And then we went to the Cheesecake Factory, as is our family tradition. Yes. And it was so sweet. Your mom was still here. Yeah, she stayed an extra couple of days because it was so close to Abby's birthday. So she stayed on. And uh, so she was there for the birthday, which was great. Which was a big deal because she's our only surviving grandparent. Yes. Thursday, we took the day off. We did. You still managed to schedule meetings in your day off. I did. But in fairness to me... Uh, those meetings were scheduled before I realized we were taking the day off. Oh, I see. And so they were difficult to unschedule. Thursday, we also said goodbye to your mom. We did, yeah. She headed out back for Canada. And a treat for me, you came to my grief counselor. I did. <laughs> this, I want to talk about this for a little bit because I'd love to get your perspective. Oh. So for everybody who's listening, <laughs> I've been seeing a grief counselor for, I don't know, a couple of months now. A lovely, lovely guy. And... The the weird thing about doing any sort of counseling, which I'm a big fan of, un unsurprisingly, the weird thing about it is it's an entirely fabricated process. I mean, it's just uh, unlike any other part of your life. Like you take an hour out of your day, you go somewhere you wouldn't normally do, and you spend an hour talking about yourself. To a stranger. To a stranger who, you know, is, is no longer a stranger. But it's just, it's a bizarre thing. And I said, you know, part of the problem this whole process, I said to my grief counselor, is you're getting a really unfair sample of what I'm like because, you know, the, the only thing you've got to go on is what I'm telling you to. And so I want to make sure you have as enough accurate data as possible. So I said, can I bring my wife? And he was like, 
you, of course, you're welcome to bring your wife. What are you hoping to get out of bringing your wife? And I'm like, well, I just think it would be great. I think you'll understand me more by meeting AJ because I'm one half of Alan and AJ. Plus, I think it'd be great for her to meet with you. And and so what was it like for you? I, I loved that you came. I felt super loved, super supported. What, what was your observations? It was interesting because I felt like, like the first 20 minutes was you trying to update me at mock speeds with high influencer about the entire process that's taken place for four months or something so because for whatever reason we don't really talk about it because the pace of our life right i mean if something major happens i'll say hey this majorly happened but generally speaking right it's just another event in our week right so i wasn't sure if at the end of this i had to buy a car or what the deal was but it was just like wow that was fast um and it's interesting because he doesn't really uh, interject unless he's invited to. Right. Um. So that was that was interesting. Also, he looks a lot like your best friend in Scotland, which I didn't realize until you pointed out, and I was like, <laughs> "Oh my gosh, what was my subconscious doing? <laughs> like, Picking your best friend to talk to." <laughs> that's fascinating. Um, but he's lovely. Like he's a lovely guy, and it was it was interesting to observe. I've only ever had bad counseling experiences right so it was i've realized going in i'm like oh i feel a little traumatized having to go in the only thing that is nice for me is i know i don't have to talk so it's you know uh, but it was nice to see a safe counseling environment did you feel like i was me when you were observing me sort of sort of like a more Playfully combative. I don't know how to (laughs) explain how you were. I was sort of like, huh? Like it it felt like you were trying to analyze everything you're doing from both sides, which I thought was his job, not yours. Well, that's a dynamic we run up against in part because, again, sitting analyzing your feelings is also, also artificial. So I'm trying to ensure that I give him the most reliable data possible. And because I'm quite a high verbal processor, I'll say something and I'll be like, I don't know if I agree with that. And then I'll, I'll talk <laughs> oh about gosh. it left, right and center. I know it's your idea of torture. Yeah, this sounds horrible to me. <laughs> There's nothing about this that sounds appealing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I loved that you came and it helped me get a sense of, am I being am I being myself? And I think a slightly more playfully combative version of myself is, is myself. Yes. So thank you for coming. I felt super loved. You're super welcome. Friday, we had a little date with the boy. We did. Yeah, we only have a couple of Fridays left with just the boy before it's summer and it's all the kids. And then he goes to school in August, which I'm just trying to pretend this is not all happening this August. I'm looking forward to it because the amount of money that we'll save in childcare is unbelievable. Well, that's true. (laughs) We're talking a lot of money. (laughs) I'm like, wow, I can buy so many more Nintendo games. Uh, No. It's going to be amazing. Mm -mm. You're adorable. Thanks. Let's move away from those feelings and talk about Friday where we ate tacos and ice cream. We did. We had tacos and ice cream. I cannot wait for Mojo's to open. You know, not just the truck, but the actual restaurant. Absolutely. Yeah. We also bumped into Pete and Ashley from Alabama, who I love when this happens. I I, I love when we're just minding our own business and somebody comes up and says, are you Alan and AJ? And oh, we listen to the podcast. And of course, you don't know what we look like because we don't really, you can't see us. You got a photo that was taken, I don't know, 
eight years ago. Yeah. We need to update that photo. <laughs> we do. <laughs> I think I'm pretty sure I'm pregnant in that photo. You and are. Really dark brown hair. <laughs> I've, I was kind of amazed that they could recognize us because honestly, we both look like we had thrown on old old clothes and not showered. I didn't have any makeup on. I was like, I don't care. It's my, you know, it's my day off. And then I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> We're oh, meeting people. Oh, yeah. I did try to warn you. I was like, hey, babe, are you, you fleeing your homeland? Like, <laughs> you did. As I was heading out the door, you're like, is that, are you really going to wear that? And I was like, yeah, why wouldn't I? It's my day off. I'm not doing my hair. I'm not doing my makeup. I'm not getting dressed practically. I mean, I was just one step better than pajamas. <laughs> yep. Lesson learned. Let's talk about Saturday. Saturday, you made me do something. That sounds really powerless. Yes, Saturday, it does. It sounds very powerless. Saturday, you made plans that I was made aware of, and I came with you on those plans. Yes, you did. But you took me to a middle school production of The Lion King. Now, what yes. made you think that I would enjoy that? Um, I didn't really care if you enjoyed it, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted you to come and see the middle school that our daughter's going to be going to and get an idea of the kind of stuff that she's likely to get excited about because she loves singing, she loves dancing and all that kind of stuff. And so uh, they had this production on and I was actually really surprised that a middle school has a, a theater auditorium like that. Like it's not like they're using a gym, they're using an actual now, you granted, know. it was a hundred times better than what I was expecting. Yeah, it was it was really good. But still, that's not how I want to spend my Saturday afternoons. No, but I mean, I just thought, for me, I thought, oh, I'd love Abby to get an idea of the kind of stuff that they do so she is interested. She knows what she's signing up for. Does that well, make sense? The kids love it. Tia yeah. leans over to me and is like, okay, forget family movie nights. Can we do family theater nights? And I'm like, oh my gosh, you're you're adorable. Yeah, MJ loved it too. I they was just thinking enraptured. I'd love to take them to a Broadway show. Yeah, they would love it. How about Wicked? Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Does, just... Is there a Harry Potter on ice you could take them to? <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> uh, yeah, that'd be good. Well, There's well, not really shows like that. In Nashville, though, is it? No, they come I was thinking the about the T-Pack every once in a while. I was but. thinking about going to Broadway in New York City. Ooh. I think that could be tremendous fun. Oh, my gosh. They would love that. You would love that. Oh, yeah. I would love that. Forget them. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> yeah. And then Sunday, which is today. It is. I spoke at church this morning. You did. I, uh, I asked you, I was like, hey, babe, how do you think that went? And you were like... I think the students are used to you, like, poking at them. The rest of the church, not so much. <laughs> I think they did. I think that they took it really well. I think they did remarkably well. Uh, you know, it's not nice when there's somebody up there at the front talking about dynamics in your life that you, A, might not be aware is going on, and B, if it is going on, you know, it shakes you a, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I was talking about the drama triangle. Yes. And the roles that we play when we feel powerless. Yeah. Which is, you know, never a fun topic, but we made it through it. Well done, people. I think I've heard you teach it maybe three times in the last couple of weeks because right. you taught it at staff uh, or at the pastor's meeting anyway. Yep. And then you briefly touched on it with year two and then, you know, you sort of filled it out this morning. Um, but this morning was great how much... Uh, it's actually grounded in scripture and just your explanations were really, really good. And even being able to identify this is what 
you get out of it if you're playing this role, I thought was super helpful in being able to identify, am I the victim or am I the rescuer? Am I the uh, persecutor? So I thought that was really good. You're very sweet. Thank you, darling. Yeah. But I came home and... Crashed. Crashed. I've discovered something that mildly (laughs) motivates me to exercise. Yes. Wait, why are you giving me that look? Because I just think it's really cute. It, like you discovered it, like, you know, it's never been done before. <laughs> I have discovered something. <laughs> it is the key to all things exercise. Behold, this is my discovery. Dun, dun, dun. Go ahead and answer your discovery. My discovery is if I can find a show that I binge watch on Netflix or Hulu or whatever. Yeah. If I take the iPad downstairs and put it into the treadmill, instead of sitting in the bed or sitting on a sofa and watching it, if I just walk while I'm watching it, before you know it, I've done an hour of exercise. Yeah. And I invented that. <laughs> All right, let's leave my great inventions and talk about our main topic for this week. We're talking about the joy of navigating transitions. Yeah, most people don't find that that joyful. What I was thinking was, I, I started just thinking about, I don't know if I'm wired strangely, but I love transition. I love change. Really? Yeah. Well, it's no surprise that I get bored really easily. So whenever change comes about, I'm really happy to say goodbye to the old and I'm really excited about the new. And my experience of the Lord is all the transitions he's brought me through have been amazing. Yes. Would you say you even enjoy the work that it takes to get from one to the other? I I remember when we were moving house the last time. Yes. That was not, that was a lot of work. Yes. Now, I want to, you know, qualify that. We were helped by an astonishing number of people. Yes. So I am not for a minute suggesting that I did all this work at all. But nevertheless, it was a lot of work because we staged our house. I remember our realtor came around and said, if you if you do what I tell you, you'll sell your house in a day. So we're like, all right, we'll do what you tell us. And so she said, you need to trim down your house by what? Like, you need to get rid of a third of the stuff in your house. Yeah. And so we got a storage unit. Um, we actually got a couple of storage units. And we just moved tons of extra boxes out of the garage, you know, furniture. And we're just trying to thin down the house. And she was right, the house looked much bigger. Yeah. But that meant tons and tons and tons of moving boxes, which I'm not a fan of manual labor. But I remember as I'm moving these boxes, I was beginning to grumble and complain. And the Lord said to me, would you move these boxes for $100,000? And I said, I absolutely would. And he said, great. You know, that's what you're going to get from selling your house. I was like... I will move these boxes for $100,000. Without grumbling. That puts things in perspective. (laughs) So it's not that I enjoy the process right there and then. Although I'm quite a high doer. Like if you can just give me a task and I can get it done, I feel good. And like I said, I had tons of help. So there was lots of camaraderie and fun. But no, I don't necessarily enjoy that. But do I love living in a new house, for example? Yes. Yeah, I do. I hate the red tape that's associated with moving. I've got permanent residency in three different nations. Yeah. That Well, the first one was easy because I was just born into it. But the other <laughs> two, you know, there's a lot of money. There's a lot of time involved. And I don't enjoy the process, but I love what it's pointing to. Yeah, I gotcha. But then I was thinking about you've had some transition that you haven't liked. I'm thinking about getting divorced. That kind of been a fun transition. It was not a great transition. You're probably not thinking, man, I can't wait to talk about the joy of navigating this transition <laughs> in like 20 years. Yeah. But... I think my point in it is if God's in the transition, which God always is because he's in your life, then he's going to redeem something, no? Yeah. 
No, I agree. I agree. It's interesting. Um, like, just out of the blue here, like, out of the two husbands that you've had, you know, which one of you <laughs> liked the most? Well, I, I'm definitely more fond of you, babe. <laughs> oh, okay. See? Transition. Win-win. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, I mean, I was, it, I was thinking, I was reading through the notes, and you referenced moving nine times, you know, in your life or something like that. Right. Uh, I remember a season where I moved 14 times in three years. <laughs> So Why? I didn't enjoy those ones as much. Were you on the run? Yes. Do I need I was, to call you I in? was on the run from the law. No. Um, I just was, uh, you know, sort of switching jobs. I, I mean, I, I moved, then I went to YWAM. So then you move again, then you move back from YWAM. I found YWAM, then I found a temporary place to live until I found a permanent place to live. And then that place only right. lasted, you know what I mean? So it was like one of those things. So I, uh, yeah, I moved a lot. I, I didn't enjoy that that much, but but each place was sort of an upgrade on the, the next, so... The reason I was thinking about this topic is this week we lead into our graduation, our School of Supernatural Life students graduate, we can't wait to celebrate with them on Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. And, you know, typically when we head into a week like this, there's just a mix of emotions. And one of the things I want to remind the students when we see them tomorrow is, hey, you came to the school for this moment here. Yes. You, the purpose of the school was to leave the school. Yes. So this is a great opportunity. And I think that's what I, I love about transition. I love the potential of of the transition. Yeah. Yeah. Each moment, whether you're graduating high school or graduating university or graduating a vocational school, it's an opportunity, isn't it, to start to shape your life mm-hmm. uh, with the Lord in a certain direction. So it's quite exciting. I've been reflecting on all our transition, and I don't think we could have planned our life here in Franklin. Nope. It's filled with people we didn't know, in a place we'd never been, doing things we never dreamed we'd love. Yes. And I'm like, all of this is orchestrated by the Lord. Yep. Like, congratulations, Lord. Round of applause. You did an awesome job. And for sure, it all followed scary change. You know, whether you found it scary or not, it was a big deal to move countries. It was a big deal to even... You know, to sign up, basically, to leave TACF for, well, we hope this is going to be good, you know. Right. I mean. Well, you hear about people having nightmare transitions. Yeah. Imagine if we got to Grace Center and it was, you know, Jeff was super controlling or the culture was horrible or they didn't value the Holy Spirit. Or I mean, there could have been so many things wrong. But right. the Lord went before us and it's been amazing. Yeah. What would you say to people who are in transition right now and they hate it? Well, I think I would start with my life verse. Are we allowed to have life verses? Sure. <laughs> so Romans 8.28 says, um, For God causes all things to come together for good for those that love God and are called according to his purpose. Um, and I think for me that's been something I've hung on to my whole life. Is okay, God, like no matter even what it looks like at this moment, you are going to cause it to come together for good because I love you. And I'm called to your purpose, which is to love others, you know? So um, I would say if you're in the middle of a tough place in your new place, to just keep sticking it through knowing that God is going to see you through. Right. Like, how did you cope? I'm just trying to think about you, your husband leaves. I'm I'm not going to arrive on the scene for another eight years. Yes. What? And you don't know in eight years' time you're going to meet a new husband. No, I thought I was staying the single. The body of a Greek god. And 
No, I had no idea. <laughs> right. So what, like, what, what did you do with yourself in that transition? How did you navigate that? Well, I would say in my heart, uh, I, I sort of went up and down. I'd have moments where I'd be running from God because I didn't understand how I ended up here. Right. You know, here being divorced and, you know, just it, just hurting. And then I'd have other moments where I was like, God, I know you're going to make it and, you know, you're going to do amazing things. And so it was sort of riding the roller coaster until it was more ups than downs and um, pursuing healing of the heart because I realized there was a whole bunch of stuff that came to the surface during that time. You also had an amazing community around you. I did. Amazing community that I could go to and say, hey, I'm not having a good day. And I also had an amazing community that would come to me and say, why aren't you being honest with how you're feeling right now? Hey, why aren't you letting us help you? And, you know, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I had great community. Um, and I went to a great church and I stayed plugged in even when I was tempted to just go and hide somewhere. Were you really? I don't think of you as a hider. But that was a temptation? It's always a temptation to hide. It's always easier to hide than it is to face stuff, you know. And and if you think about it, like for me, even though that was my home church, I now had all these shared memories with my first husband where we would lead worship together and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And so it was facing people that used to be our friends, but now they're, you know, they're, he's no longer part of the equation for any of us, but there just felt like there was a lot of pain. So, Did, did you have the ability to believe God for the best? Did you think, I know God's going to redeem this, I know God's going to redeem this, or were you just managing day by day? Um, I, I was really believing that the Lord was going to restore that marriage for the first three years. Right. Uh, and then I had a dream and the Lord told me I'm going to restore this a different way and to let him go. And he called the next day and said, I want a divorce. And, you know, that was sort of it. Um, but uh, I, I, I would say, I would say I, in many ways I shut down my emotions. Like I just sort of went, I have hope, I have hope. And then after a couple more years, I was like, oh, I don't have hope anymore. Hope's painful. I'm going to shut down to hope and I am just going to power through with faith, you know? And so I sort of got to the place, you know, just before I met you that I was like, I'm going to stay single. I'm probably never going to have kids. I'm just going to work for the Lord. And, you know, and none of those things are bad things, except that they were all choices made out of pain, which I couldn't really recognize at the time. I was going to say, how did that life plan work out? Yeah, well, I'm glad it didn't work out, to be That's honest with you. <laughs> because, you know, now I've married this man with the body of a Greek god. Isn't that what we just said? <laughs> yeah, that's right. I don't like talking about it, but let's talk about my body. <laughs> I think that one of the things I've heard Jeff say, which I really love, is, you know, your story isn't written yet. It's not yeah. even the end of the chapter. Yeah. And, I, I you know, I think about, I, that's what I love about the Lord. He's always onward and upward. He's always taking us from glory to glory. The transition has to be part of that. Yeah. And I I love when the seasons change. I I love, I'm not talking about in the natural. I Of course, I love when the seasons change in the natural because I love the outdoors now. But I more mean in the spirit realm. I love when there's this growing season. I love when there's this growing anticipation of the seasons changing, that God's doing something that it's, marred by upgrade and i think if i could encourage anybody who's finding the process of transition hard is to not give up yeah i think one of the things you know we we have this cute saying in christendom that oh you know it just feels like the grace is lifted have you ever heard people say that yeah 
And what they mean is, oh, it's actually getting tough now. And I'm like, yeah, but tough isn't an indicator that the Lord's no longer in it. Yeah. Like if the grace is lifted, that's when character is required. Yeah. So I've watched, in my opinion, many people shortcut, bow out of the transition and never getting to the next level because they quit before they saw what was coming on the horizon. Right, because they think the grace lifting is actually the thing that means, oh, you can move on, rather than the thing that says, hey, push in, right? because there's actually a victory on the other side of this. Yeah. Well, we've talked about Romans 8.28, which made me smile because that was your email when I first met you. You had a Hotmail account. It's true. I can't believe that I pushed through. You had a Hotmail account and you were a Dell user. Clearly, you needed me in your life. You were a silver... Uh, Aeroplan member, so you That's know. That's true. I was I was an orange when I met you. I, I wasn't have silver. Told, have we told that story? So when I met AJ, of course she'd been traveling around the world on her own for four years. Yes. And so you know she was an elite, frequent flyer with Air Canada. And when I started, I hadn't flown anywhere. Nothing. So like I go to the website and I sign up, and I'm an orange, which is basically nothing. Yeah. And then I think by the time we got married. Yes. I'd accumulated enough miles to get silver. And I think one of our early trips when we checked in together, the, the you know, the checking agent <laughs> just, uh, and so I would ride on your goodness. Like yes. as a silver, you weren't allowed into the airport lounges. You weren't eligible for any upgrades. But you would be my tag along. But I would be your plus one. So yes. we, wherever we'd go, you know, you would get me into the priority check-in lane. You get me through security. You know, we'd go sit in the lounge. And when we'd go in, I, I really miss those days. I still have all our cards, by the way. And when we go in, I, I remember no this. I have no doubt that you do. <laughs> I remember this lady at the, the Maple Leaf Lounge, the the. Air Canada Frequent Flyer Lounge, she checked us both in and she looked at our names and she looked at my card, she looked at your card and she looked at you and she said, you married a silver? And she literally... And I was like, hey... She literally sounded confused. Silver silver people have feelings too. (laughs) Yeah, it was funny. Yeah, so there you go. I may have had Adele, but I married a silver. Yeah, all right. The Lord's so good at redeeming both things in our lives. Isn't he though? So we've got, I was thinking about a list of things that would be helpful for people in transition. You talked about the goodness of God, mm-hmm. Romans eight twenty eight. Mm-hmm. I talked about when the grace lifts. Yeah. What else do we want to talk about? Oh, that whole thing of if it's hard, you've got to, like Jeff says, you know, the book isn't written yet. You've got to trust that in hindsight, everything makes sense. Yeah. Like God's God's in it. So yeah. wherever you are, if you're on your own and you're transitioning, if you are transitioning, you know, from one job to another, if you're moving house, if you're feeling lost, know that you're in the right place at the right time, that the hand of the Lord is upon you. And this is the season that's going to bring about amazingness. But it just takes hindsight for a proper perspective to happen. Yeah. I think I get what you're saying about being excited about change now. I would say... When the Lord brings change now, I understand that it's for upgrade. Uh, I I didn't feel that way before because I didn't fully understand how good he was. Yeah, I think that's really interesting you say that. I just think that my modern history with the Lord, it feels like, I don't know if this is right, it feels like there was a season of my life where all I went through was an opportunity to sacrifice. Yeah. And that lasted many years. And once that season happened, I feel like all I've had is reward. Mm-hmm. Like, if you think about it, I, I even going, so just even a change of career, going from being a 
computer techno kid to a school teacher was sacrifice, was sacrifice of all my dreams. And I don't want to labor this because I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, my sacrifice is nothing. You know, I'm right. a, a white middle class person who lives in luxury. Right. The, you know, there's really no sacrifice. But at the time, it, it cost me everything I had. So, you know, I sacrificed those dreams and then I go be a school teacher. And I thought that's what I was going to do for the rest of my life. And then the Lord invites me to Toronto, and on the one hand, I sell everything I had, and honestly, I didn't have much to sell, but I sold everything I had, and I moved to Toronto to live in a warehouse. That wasn't sacrifice for me, that was delight. That, are you kidding me? That's all I ever wanted to do was come to Toronto. But then once I got to Toronto, it just feels like I've been on this onward and upward cycle of favor. Like, I, I don't see sacrifice in anything we've ever done. It's all been reward, wouldn't you say? I think that's an interesting hindsight perspective, but I think we've definitely uh, experienced the sacrifice end of, of some things. I'm, I'm racking my brain trying to think. I feel like everything has been utter reward. I feel like everything we have today is, is, is just glorious. I do think everything we have today is glorious. I'm just thinking like... You know, when we talk about, hey, when it gets hard and the grace lifts, does that necessarily mean that you move? Like when we, the first year that we were here, it was really hard, babe. I I mean, I don't know if you remember, but there was times we didn't have food. (laughs) So I mean, you really do. Cause I'm like, dude, I mean, the first year that we were here, I needed to know that we had heard from the Lord because the people were amazing, you know? Um, but just other circumstances were difficult. And, you know, we rented a house that had spiders and, you know, there was all kinds of stuff that I was like, oh. They were just brown recluse spiders, babe. I know. They're no big deal. Bad. No big deal. Um, so I think, I think, yeah, when you look back overall, yeah, no big deal. No big sacrifice. But in the moment, some seasons were pretty tough. Graham Cook has these brilliant questions. He says that whenever you're... In a season of life that you don't understand, the two best questions to ask is, what does this mean and what must I do? Right. So whenever you're facing change, whenever you're facing conflict, whenever you're facing transition, you get to ask the Lord, what does this mean for our relationship? Lord, who are you Who are you trying to be in this season? That Who are you wanting to be for me in this season that you couldn't be in any other? Right. And what must I do from my end for our relationship? What is it you want me to think? How do you want me to approach you? And I think those two questions are are marvelous. One of the questions that's never helpful is the why question. Why is this happening to me? The why question is rarely answered this side of eternity. Right. But I found tremendous comfort in in praying through those questions of like, okay, Lord, what does this mean? Like what, you know... So when you think about those seasons that were hard and you think about what did that mean for your relationship with the Lord, what what do you see now? Well, I see that even though there was um, scary moments, you know, God came through in spades time and time and time again. Um, right. And I think I thought, you know, we had moved from living by faith, without, which I was really comfortable with, to uh, having a salary uh, which I think then I thought, oh, well, we remove God from the equation once we have a salary, but we needed God in the equation to make it. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so I would say the first year of being here was learning a lesson of it doesn't matter if you have a salary or not, you need God in the equation still. And that 
he's still there to answer, you know? So, um, yeah, I mean, I would say we probably learned a lot during that season. If, you know, I think I learned a lot about who I am and who you are, like who we are as people in terms of, you know, that first year we're launching Emanate, we're starting to dream about the school and for the first time in our married lives, we're envisioning building a ministry as opposed to just traveling. And so you get to take stock of, Lord, what have you put in me that's to give away? Mm. Um, so I think it was a great uh, season, of first, a great first year, a couple of first years uh, here of learning what's in us to give away and, and what has God put in us to build something different. I'm just chuckling over here because I guess I really am just a forward-looking person. Mm-hmm. You know, I you, when you say that stuff and I think, oh, yeah, no, I forgot about that. Oh, yeah, no, no, I, I remember. I remember that. Oh, yeah. like, but don't, don't you remember the day that we were like, Becky and Jeff had called us and said, hey, do you want to come over to the house? And I had just finished texting you and saying, okay, I fed the kids, but there's no food left for us. And then came over to Becky and Jeff's house and Becky said, the Lord told me to give you this. And it was like, I don't even remember $40. And I started crying because I was like, we can buy groceries, you know, (laughs) I was so excited. I remember that. And then somebody paid off our minivan. The same night. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I think the miracles overshadow the misery. And well, again, maybe I, I have the mom perspective right. of looking in the cupboard and going, wow. <laughs> and I, I want to be careful because, like, I, you know, we live such an amazing life. I don't want to ever paint it. Like, I, I just used the word misery there. We don't know misery. No. And, but anyway, yeah, I am, I am, I'm giggling to myself that I'm, my perspective is somewhat skewed, I think. Just always forward, always, always excited. Do you, do you think that's true? Well, I, I, I do. Yeah. I just think like, and I, when I'm, I'm trying to think from the perspective of listeners who are having a hard time or have stepped out for the Lord. And I know we say stuff like, Hey, if God asks you to do it, then he writes the checks. He does. But sometimes they come right at the last second. Do you know what I mean? Right. And so I just didn't want to leave people with their perspective of when you follow God, it's all hunky dory and roses and nothing's ever challenging. And therefore you can just back out if things get challenging. I don't think that's it. I think sometimes things are challenging. Oh, yeah. And it's a matter of just going, okay, Lord, this is what I heard you say. I haven't heard anything different. So I'm going to keep being faithful in the midst of this and trust that you're going to meet me here. And I think that's what we did. And again, it was a short season in terms of the span of our lives or even the span of amount of time we've been here that was difficult like that. But I think I learned to stick through something, even though it might have been easier to run. Right. I'm I'm now remembering some of those events. <laughs> I'm remembering arriving in the United States with a social security number that's like five days old. Yeah. So you don't exist in any credit bureau. Right. So trying to get utilities turned on in your house. Do you remember that? Right. And And so just, yeah, like all the things that were, everything was... Uh, it seemed like, impossible. Yeah, it was like pushing water uphill with a rake. I mean, right. it was just like, oh, wow, this is so hard. And then we had a baby. And then we had a baby. And we're like, how much does that cost? $28,000. <laughs> we're like, okay, so where's that money come from? Sorry, no. pardon me? <laughs> I thought we had health insurance. How does this work? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was a shocking year. <laughs> 
Good. All right. Well, if you're in transition, we're not trying to depress you. Yeah. We're trying to say, listen. We get it that it's hard. God is good. And he's so good. And in a number of years, you'll be looking back on this event. And maybe you'll have forgotten about it like me. Or maybe like AJ, you'll have remembered it. But the kindness of the Lord will just soften the sting of what you're feeling today. Yeah. If if the Lord is anyone like I know he is. And so that's what we pray for you. Yeah. So wherever you are, whatever you're doing, whatever transition you're facing in your life, we bless you today to be encouraged, to press through, to continue, to not give up, to not withdraw, to understand that you're called to go from glory to glory. And you have to believe that this is part of your journey to the next level of God's goodness in your life. Yeah. Hey, we just want to give you a heads up about next week. We won't be able to produce an episode of Keeping Up with the Joneses, and we'll tell you why the following week. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you've just started listening to us, uh, there is a ton of fantastic interviews with special guests that we'll put a link to in the show notes to help you decide what you'd like to listen to while we're off the air. And the show notes for this week are available at alanandaj.com slash 191. And we look forward to being with you in two weeks' time. Thanks for joining us. Have a great week. Faith, life, communication, tacos and video games. Paleo donuts and the kindness of God the things we deal with every day. From Franklin, Tennessee, they are just like you and me. Keeping up with the Joneses, keeping up with the Joneses Sharing their life experiences Keeping up with the Joneses, keeping up with the Joneses They talk about faith in God And everything under the sun If you are a human being There's something here for everyone